This is a Source of Innovation podcast, and we're here this morning with Gina from Soonhees Farm and Kitchen. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, how the business got started. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a long, long story, but, you know, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. It's a... Uh, uh, so my background is actually in social services. So I worked in refugee settlement for about two and a half to three years um, prior to coming into the food industry, which I had absolutely no experience in whatsoever. Uh, and even five years um, before we started the business, my family moved onto a farm in Cambridge, New York. And so I just had all these different pieces coming together, you know, agriculture, the local food movement, um, and my own experience in being an educator with um, adults and immigrants um, helping to find jobs. So I did a lot of case management, job development, um, career development with individuals. Uh, and so I, I just had these different passions coming together and I've, I've always wanted to start my own business since I was younger, but um, really I looked into like cafes and different avenues, but um, eventually settled on a restaurant with uh, Korean food just because you know, I, I am Korean American. Um, I was able to hire my mother as the main chef and uh, with that, it just seemed like that perfect time to uh, start a business that is built off of social entre entrepreneurship and even thinking about okay, here are these uh, issues coming up in our world and uh, different, even just being a part of nonprofit for some time, I think I grew, not, not just frustrated, but I wanted to come up with some newer solutions and I felt like my place was best invested into uh, um, just going into creativity and, sure. and with food and, and just seeing how food brings people together. It has been amazing these past uh, nine months now uh, and that just drew me and propelled me into that arena. Terrific. Mm -hmm. uh, what went into location choice in terms of picking Troy or, or picking where you're at right now? Sure. So I grew up in this area. Okay. I've always been um, a part of the capital district since I was in the fourth grade. Uh, I, I wasn't, I'm a Latham girl. Okay. <laughs> and, and so not very far from here. And I remember back in 2006, that was my first time ever stepping into downtown Troy. And I'm sure a lot of people know what shape uh, Troy was in back then. But mm -hmm. even then, I uh, I remember I had a friend, she was like, you know, this place is great, there's all these old buildings. She was a local um, musician, and um, I, I fell in love with Troy in 2006. My father had started a small Korean church up the street on Husik um, back in, gosh, that must have been 2001, early 2000s. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I've always known of Troy, and then I started hearing about all these recent developments as I was in college and working in, the, in New York City. Um, and I, I just felt like Troy had this growing population of open-minded individuals who wanted a new, fresh flavor, um, people who were invested into different issues, and uh, I, I just knew that it was that ripe season to come into Troy. Good. Uh, so uh, you mentioned spending some time in the city, so what yeah. did uh, that time down there do to kind of prepare you for uh, being comfortable starting your own business? Well, when I was in New York City, I moved there initially without any sort of plan. I just kind of, I, I moved and I wanted to get out like a lot of young people when um, you're stuck in a suburb. And I, um, at that point, I was living on my parents' farm and I, I just wanted to um, get some real life experience. Uh, and, and so I, I started as a volunteer with Catholic Charities, working um, to teach English to adults. And I did that for a couple months before moving to into a full-time position. Um, and working in an office, uh, even though it's very different from the food industry, it prepared me to uh, be able to understand 
employees in mm -hmm. a way, under, and I also managed interns and volunteers throughout my time there, and that was huge, huge, huge managerial mm -hmm. experience. Uh, I mean, you think it's hard to retain people who get paid to be with you. Yeah. To retain people who don't get paid is <laughs> even harder. And so I, I think just kind of understanding where you come from as someone who's being hired, as, a, as someone who hires now, someone as an employer, I can... Uh, I can um, you know, stand up for what, what my employees want and uh, kind of shape the experience according to, um, to their values and what their career goals are. Great. Uh, what have been, uh, Gina, some of the challenges you've had in finding good people to come work for you? I know that it's always an adventure for me. So uh, what are some of the things you've sure, done to, to sure. find the right people to come work for you? I mean, so honestly, I started this business because I knew I wanted to hire uh, refugees and immigrants and and as a job developer in this area I knew that there was a population coming in so a, a lot of people who it's their first six months um, in the United States but very desperate for a job very eager to work um, and because I had worked with clients um, to find job placements I already had this pool of this network of communities um, to hire from and so honest I haven't had much trouble finding yeah. any um, good talent like I, I uh, finding great talent and um, everyone who's worked for me even though there are challenges like you know being new to the country and having limited English I, I find that it's overshadowed by this amazing work ethic of just wanting to be there great attitudes and uh, people who are willing to go that extra mile and take on jobs that uh, other people aren't necessarily quite fond of and so um, you have people uh, people from all over the place um, mainly we work with uh, Burmese and Afghan refugees but um, they come with varied experiences varied uh, English levels and education levels but everyone has that equal vigor to start working Great. Uh, so uh, shifting a little bit to uh, the restaurant itself, uh, you've got quite an array of uh, delicious sounding mm -hmm. stuff. So do you have any particular favorites or maybe one or two things that <laughs> you, you like to say that a lot of people really enjoy when they come to your restaurant? Sure, sure. I have a lot of people who ask me that question when they come in. And our menu is also uh, already very simplified compared to other Korean restaurants. We have pages and pages of different things. But we narrowed it down to um, some of the most authentic dishes. And um, the pimpup is definitely the most popular one just mm -hmm. because it has a lot of vegetables. When I want something fresh, crisp, clean, that's the one that I go to. Now, um, when it comes to my personal favorites on the menu... Uh, the first one is definitely the soft tofu stew with kimchi. Mm -hmm. Now that one's it's like it comes in a hot stone bowl. It's bubbling. I don't care if it's ninety degrees out or you know twenty degrees out. I'll still have that thing, and it's um, absolutely delicious. Yeah, it looks. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll go into my radio voice. Extra soft tofu, garlic, green squash, <laughs> onion, scallion, and choice of kimchi or seafood. Sounds awesome, especially when I say it. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, you should come work for me then. <laughs> So um, where can we find you in Troy? Where, where's your location? And then what's the uh, best place to park if we were to come to your restaurant? Sure, sure. Um, we're located right on 95 Ferry Street. It's okay. um, on Ferry between 4th and 5th, uh, 4th Street and 5th Avenue. Um, we actually, we're fortunate enough to have a parking lot right across the street. You'll see a sign that says parking for Sunnies. Um, that's about five spots, but there's ample street parking all along there. Even if we just go up the hill, there's the Graduate House City Station, which has... Um, uh, a free parking lot for up to two hours. So um, parking is not as bad as people think, especially because we're on the fringes of downtown Troy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think parking down here isn't too bad either. I not think it's just all. You just got to let people know where the convenience mm -hmm. spot. So if you want to see their menu, sunnies.com, S-U-N-H-E-E-S.com. You can see their starters, rice bowls, 
little gallery of uh, the, the different items available. Online ordering too. Do you do delivery? Yeah. Or else? Great. Uh, well, we do online ordering delivery. Uh, we haven't tapped into just yet. We mm-hmm. do um, offer catering if you um, message us to our website. Terrific, mm-hmm. terrific. What were some of your, um, you, you mentioned how important family and, and helping others is. Uh, what were maybe uh, in school, um, maybe some things you read or certain teachers uh, that were uh, also inspirations to you wanting to do good things? Sure. Uh, so I went to Boston College with, um, a deg- uh, and I graduated with a degree in international studies, a concentration in ethics and social justice. Extremely broad discipline. Um, I, I touched into like sociology, uh, history, um, but I remember some of my most memorable classes were going over, I, I even took a graduate course on refugees and humanitarian crises, so that was obviously quite relevant to, what I'm, uh, to the field that I went into and some of the work that we're doing today. Um, but I think understanding people's histories and where they come from is really key in, under, in, in getting to know them in their present state and, and the direction that we're going in. Um, and like ultimately, uh, just having that open mind and being able to uh, work with different populations. Terrific. I always like asking the question, and I'll frame it a little differently this time. So uh, in the Ferry Street area, what other businesses would you like to see come in uh, that you think could be kind (laughs) of uh, be good partners, good collaborators, or even just be a good service that might be? Sure, sure. Oh my gosh. Man, I would love to see more ethnic restaurants mm-hmm. coming into Troy. It could be Korean, it could be Chinese, it could be uh, Moroccan, which we have coming into River Street as sure. well uh, very shortly. But uh, I think just having that ethnic diversity of different flavors and foods, and, and for me, every day I'm learning more and more about this power of food, mm-hmm. of what food can do to draw people together. And it's um, it's unbelievable. It's a communicator. You can share your culture with it. You can... Uh, you, you can bring up topics without being offensive mm-hmm. through food and, um, and and just like sneak in uh, whatever is on your agenda is with food everything is, becomes okay <laughs> exactly again this is a source of innovation podcast we're talking with Gina from Sunny's Farm and Kitchen in Troy 95 Ferry Street Correct. and um, their website is s-u-n-h-e-e-s dot com you can order online you can visit their restaurant uh, what days you open Oh, yeah, we're open um, every day except for Sunday, Monday through Saturday, uh, Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., and then until 10 p.m. on Fridays and Saturdays. Terrific, terrific. What advice would you give someone, uh, you mentioned, you know, wanting more restaurants to be in the area. Uh, What might be, you know, two pieces of advice you'd give to somebody that wants to get started on uh, opening a restaurant here in Troy? Sure. Oh, God. I would have to say one of, um, first of all, I think it's great to have creative ideas and um, new innovative projects, but you really have to get down to the basics of being financially viable. (laughs) And I I think a lot of times we forget about that piece. And what was really integral for me is sitting down with um, a consultant and, uh, well, really a counselor and going through um, cash flow charts and things that I honestly don't like to do. Like a a lot of big picture people, we don't want to deal with that, but it's extremely necessary. And you're preparing almost for like worst case scenario. So what if you, you expect 50 people coming to your door in a day, but what if you only have 10? What will you do and how are you going to compensate? What, it, you have to be flexible to be able to change according to what's working and what's not. And, uh, and so I think that goes into the second piece where you got to be prepared 
to sacrifice things. You have to be prepared to um, make the right, make very difficult calls. Um, and I've, I've had to do that with staffing, um, even with like choosing uh, where we're going to source certain things. Um, and it's, it's not always easy. This question throws some people off. You weren't, oh, you were here for this when I asked it mm -hmm. last time, but I always like to give a warning to okay. people I'm, okay. I'm enjoying talking to. <laughs> but uh, when Manhattan floods, what, what businesses do you think will move out of the city to here? When Manhattan floods. When Manhattan floods. <laughs> what do you think will come up here from the city that, that we don't have already? Uh, that we don't have already. <laughs> uh, when Manhattan floods. Now, uh, all of Manhattan. All of Manhattan. All of oh, Manhattan. It's going to be underwater. That's, that's my prediction. Well, then I, th I think of all the businesses that are on the bottom floors, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> I think of all the basement restaurants and uh, all the dive bars. Um, even just, uh, I have a favorite um, Japanese resta restaurant called uh, Decibel. And the, the whole theme around it is being a half basement, like underground, grungy kind of place. And I would love to see something like that um, in uh, Troy. Uh, and, and I think, I mean, it's about people who will stay afloat, regardless, and people who are willing to move, too. And I think uh, we'll have a lot of immigrants floating in Detroit as well. Coming to Troy, decibel. <laughs> we'll, we'll give them a call and find them some real estate. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I've got one more question for you, and then I, I like to wrap up the podcast, kind of giving Great. you a one-minute spot to talk about you know, whatever you want with your restaurant. Uh, what have you found uh, to be um, you know, uh, the most interesting part of having a business in Troy? Uh, I, I love it here now. You know, I, I have an office yeah. here a couple of days a week. Uh, but what, what have you enjoyed most about having a business here locally? What do I enjoy most? This is something, a common theme that, uh, and a thread that has been going through our restaurant. But even with food, I've had this wonderful privilege of sharing stories mm -hmm. through our food, um, sharing stories of my staff, of my family, of myself, um, of immigrants and individuals. And I was just so blown away by the response that I've gotten from the community here. Uh, it's almost like people, even with Korean food, I get people who come in who'll be like, oh, do you have pizza? Or like, I, I don't know what you have, like right. general sales chicken, but I appreciate all of that because like what made you come in right. <laughs> so obviously there was a level of I feel like Troy has this air of curiosity mm -hmm. which makes us a, a, a great part of the Tech Valley because um, people are willing to learn will and this willing if you have this will it, you could go anywhere with it this this spark of creativity you know suitable for a joy innovation yes. garage but just wanting to know more even though maybe we don't know it, even though there isn't as much exposure as the city there's this level of this this dire desperate you know need to learn more and want to um, venture out um, into you know unknown and uncharted territories and I, I was I was blown away by that. Just people, uh, most people who come into our restaurant are not Korean, mm -hmm. and there's a certain pride to that. I, I feel, I you know, I feel very welcomed. Um, even my family, we've never experienced this kind of um, warmth and sense of community um, in, a, in a long time. Terrific. Mm -hmm. So uh, we like to wrap up with kind of giving you a minute to tell us uh, just kind of a recap of who you are and and, and, and where your restaurant is. So I'll turn it over to you. Sure. So we're Sunny Storm and Kitchen. Uh, it's a 
I would say it's a family-operated business. My family has had an integral part in um, everything from start and up until now. Uh, the food is extremely authentic. Um, we connect to our farm in Cambridge, New York, which is just 40 minutes away, and we try to uh, you know, source locally as much as possible, and, uh, and we're going to a direction where we can directly connect with the farm at all times. Um, but with that, with agriculture and with our food, um, you know, great, healthy, affordable um, is cafe-style restaurants, so you order at the front and then sit down. Oh, great. Um, and... I mean, lastly, the main piece is really the people um, that we hire, work with. Um, we're really looking for creative ways to tie in social services into our restaurant, whatever that means. And we're still being shaped, but I, I love the fact that I get feedback from the community and, I, and anyone who wants to add more um, and has ideas for us, like we're totally open to it. But we're looking to even do things like offer English classes right in our space or um, uh, not just hire people, but really provide that one-on-one -on -one, um, career development services um, that I have, I personally have experience in. So I'd love to grow in that arena and how can we be a sustainable business, but also tying these different factors along every level. Um, so we love Troy, uh, we love our community, the whole capital region, and we're extremely honored to be a part of it. Great. So uh, again, we've been speaking with Gina from Sunny's Farm and Kitchen, 95 Ferry Street in Troy, open Monday through Saturday. This has been the Source of Innovation podcast, and thank you for joining us thank today. Thank you. Thank you very much.